Hello and welcome from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. This podcast you're about to hear was recorded at our Kublup campus. So sit back, relax, and enjoy what God has to say to you. Ephesians 4, 1-6. I'd like to read it in the New International Version, and then in the message it explains it quite nicely as well. As a prisoner for the Lord, Paul writes, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism. One God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. The message says it this way. Now, folk, the message is a paraphrase. So I don't do my sermon preparation from the message, but it just explains it a little bit. In light of all this, here's what I want you to do. While I'm locked up here, prisoner for the master, I want you to get out there and walk. Better yet, run. On the road, God called you to travel. I don't want any of you sitting around on your hands. I don't want anyone strolling off down some path that goes nowhere. And mark that you do this with humility and discipline. Not in fits and starts, but steadily pouring yourself out for each other in acts of love. Alert at noticing differences and quick at mending fences. You're all called to travel on the same road and in the same direction, to start or to stay together both outwardly and inwardly. You have one master, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who rules over all, works through all, and is present in all. Everything you are and think and do is permeated with oneness. When uh, Micah was still a little boy, we'd go down to the park with him, and uh, it was obvious which way the seesaw would go if I was sitting on the one end and he was sitting on the other. And so the best way we'd balance it out is if my wife Maria and our son Michael sat on one side and me on the other. It still would weigh a little bit, but I would encourage it to go you know, uh, the other way. So it, was, it made balance. It was balanced. And Paul writes to you and to me today, and he says, I beg you to live a life worthy of your calling. And the word worthy is the Greek word axios, which means to balance things out. It's probably where we get the English word axle from, where, you know, it's balanced. Because if it leans on one side, that's not good. But if it's balanced out, that makes sense. And what I think Paul is saying, you know, when you live a life, it's got to be worth the balance needs to be worthy with your calling and the way you live your life, axios. I also know that in the Greek Orthodox Church, when they ordain a priest, they ask one question with one word, and people respond with one word to that question. The one is a question, the other one is an exclamation mark. And so when they ordain that priest, the bishop or the archbishop that's there would ask, Axios, 
is this man worthy to the calling that he's been, that's been placed upon his life? Is he worthy? Axios, question mark. If the congregation thinks that he is worthy because they've got to know him, they will respond with one word. Axios, exclamation mark. Does that make sense? In other words, his life balances out with his calling. His calling and the fruit that he's supposed to demonstrate balances out. It's not one uh, or lopsided uh, in, in the way uh, things are operating in his life. And so Paul is writing to you and to me today. And he says, listen, as an individual, are you living according to the call? Because if you are, the character goes with it. And so many, many times, there are really wonderful people in this earth, beautiful character, but they've not been called. But if you are a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ and you have faith in him, your call needs to be axios with your character. It needs to make absolute sense. We know that there have been great leaders who have said fantastic things, but their lives have not matched the call. Their lives have not matched the call. So I want to share with you that you and I have been called of God. And, and Paul writes about that. In fact, he writes and he says, make sure that your life balances out. Bring the beam up to your calling and your character so it balances out so you are found to be axios. In fact, in Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 38, Mary, in absolute amazement, is called to bear the Son of God. And she ponders over it. She ponders over it. She thinks about it because she initially, the Bible says, she's confused and disturbed. And folk, if I think about what God has done for you and for me, it often creates mystery, confusion, and disturbance in our spirit because there needs to be parity in our lives. What does this word mean? Because when he comes and he, he touches your heart and touches your mind, things change in your life. You no longer live the way you lived. You no longer are part of the world. That's BC, before Christ. You're now a follower of Christ. You know, some things come across our lives and change our lives. I remember chatting to this one man back in Johannesburg. He won the lotto, three and a half million, equivalent to three and a half million dollars. And I said to him, what are you going to do? He said, I'm just going to carry on living my life. I think he was in shock and in denial. <laughs> Two months later, he resigned, and I don't know what happened to him. But your life changes if you catch the lotto, I suppose. But you know what? Your life also changes when Christ comes and penetrates your heart and your mind. Because Paul writes in verse 1, he says, you have been called. In other words, you cannot live your life as if nothing has happened. By virtue that he comes and transforms you, you've been called. Your life changes. The word called, there's a Greek word, kaleo, which means you've been named. Not by a friend, not by your neighbor. You've been named by God. You're now on his side. He is your father. 
You are his child. You've been called. You've been named by him. You've been invited to be his side. You're now bearing his name. My son bears my surname, whether he likes it or not. He better live up to it or else. And you can fill the gap after that. In Christ, you and I have been called to be followers of Jesus. Paul is saying you've been called. Make sure that the character matches your calling. And folks, it's not only at Christmas time, but throughout the year. I once preached a sermon just after Christmas, and it was titled, Things I Should Have Done at Christmas Time. I should have been nicer to people. I should have done this. I should have done that. I should have, you know, it's too late. It's too late to think about those should-haves and could-haves, but when you're called in the kingdom of God, God calls you, invites you to be his child. And when the call is abided by or heeded, then your life changes whether you like it or not. You know, uh, we can't avoid certain things. I remember Andy Cap, you know, growing up in those Andy Cap comics, you know, and you, you always read Andy Cap, whenever his landlord is near, he dodges the other way. Folk, when Christ comes and penetrates your heart and your mind, you cannot run away. There are some who believe, well, when he comes and knocks on your door, well, you know what? I, um, when he comes and knocks on your door, for your own good, respond. For your own good. Because Proverbs talks about the drunkard waking up in the morning with cuts and bruises that could have been avoided. So rather than go, uh, you're not now. Respond and abide by that call because it's an amazing call. It changes your life and you cannot run away from it. We had this terrible major in the army. His name was Major Chrovia. The more phlegm you had in your throat, the better it was. When Major Chrovia was around, you would see people vanish because he was bad news. He would find a fault with you even if there was no fault. And so we'd always be on the lookout and we'd say, Chrovia's coming, and we would move double quick, gone in case he gets hold of you. Well, friends, when Christ comes and touches your life, he calls you and your life begins to change. It's not changing a job. It's a call that he places on your life and in my life. And as he does that, we are all inspired by how we realize that we are not worthy. We are not worthy of God's call. But by his grace, he comes and he calls us to be on his side. And Paul writes and he says, I am a prisoner of God. You know what? I'm not only a servant, I choose to be a bond slave. A bond slave. And so after seven years, Paul could have, uh, you know, set himself free from or the concept of slavery. Once you work for a master, you are set free on this, in the seventh year. But the word bond slave means I go and willfully put my ear against my master's door and I choose to be his slave. And that's what Paul's talking about. As I've been called by God, I'm a bond servant of the Lord Jesus Christ. He has called me and he will prepare me. I don't become a spiritual giant. It's not for just a few. It's for every single one of us who have been called. So some will say, 
I know what you're talking about. I've heard the call, but I just am not ready. I'm not ready. It's for somebody else. I've just got one more business transaction. I've just got one more thing that I need to complete. Friends, when he comes, when he comes, you abide by that call or else it doesn't turn out well. It doesn't turn out well. Sometimes we're too busy to hear the call. I remember uh, before mobile phones, you know, uh, you get phone calls on the landline and you say, just one moment, I'll call that person for you. And that person might be in the shower and say, the phone's for you, and they didn't hear it. Or they're in the bath and their head is underwater or something like that, whatever it is. But, you know, the person's hanging on on the other side. But, you know, when God calls, it's not because God's too busy that we don't hear him. It's because we're too busy and we don't hear the call. And so perhaps it's time for us to take a chill pill, if you like, and to just Start listening if we have not heard the call yet. It's not God that's too busy or God's moved. It's you and I that are perhaps too busy. And when he calls, we abide by that call. It's time perhaps, perhaps this festive season, after the rush and the busyness, to just take time out and listen to the voice of God. Folk, if we look for God, we will find him. As we go on our daily walk, as we live our lives, if we look for God, we will find him. Because he's calling us and he wants us to respond. As individuals, but also as a community, that God has placed us here in Kublap. And yes, we'd love to be at the uttermost parts of the world, but he has placed us here as a community. And this is where our calling is, to go and be a light and salt in this area here to make a difference where we've been called. We'd love to change the planet, but right now he's called us here and let's respond in a way that's pleasing to him here. Let's impact our little area here. Let's bring that balance up between the call and what we are supposed to do. So one day, if he asks us whether we are worthy then, you know, people will actually respond, worthy, worthy. And so we've been called by God. But then the rest of those six verses, I want to talk about uh, the character. Because when there's a calling, it goes without saying that there's character. And in, in Pauline writing, uh, it's what we call indicative and imperative language. Indicative means that's what you are. Imperative means go and do it now. Let me try and put it this way. Indicative says you are a fish. Imperative says swim. Indicative says you're a bird. Imperative says fly. Indicative says you're called. Imperative says live a life that's worthy of the calling. In other words, your character. Let me sh share with you just three points that he makes. Number one, he says be humble. Be humble. And he says that in, in verse 2. And, and he, he's saying, be humble because God has called us. And folk, it's easy to think that we are royal game. But this word humble, tapinofrosini is the word. It's this deep sense of littleness. Not because we've got a low self-esteem, 
No, because we know we have been called, we humble ourselves, and it's got a picture of perhaps a pancake. We're so flat on the ground that only Jesus Christ in me sticks out. Let me say that again. It's, I'm so flat on the ground that only Jesus Christ in me sticks out. That's humility. He says, you've been called by God. And we, we should actually have that attitude of saying, God, why on earth did you call me? I don't deserve it. I don't deserve it. And it's not me doing God a favor but by, by believing in him. It's by grace. And folk, the word grace has got to do with him favoring you and me, not because our looks or our lifestyle or our hairstyle. No, it's because of his favor on you and me. The difference between grace and mercy, which are, are linked together, grace, well, let me go with mercy first. Mercy is God withholding from us what we do deserve because we're rebellious by nature. You don't need to teach people to be bad. We're bad by nature. We need to be taught to be good. Our children don't need to be taught to be naughty. They're naughty by nature. We need to be taught to be good. And so mercy says God withholds from us what we do deserve because of our rebellion. Grace goes a step further and says, not only do I show mercy, but I give you what you don't deserve. Wow. I give you what you don't deserve. My favor. And that's from, not from the local mayor or your local member of parliament. It's from the creator of the universe who comes and says, I want you to be my child. We should not be filled with pride and arrogance like the Pharisees who cried, I thank you that I'm not like all these other people here. No, humility, Paul says. If you're called by God, one of the characteristics is humility. A second one is gentleness. Praot is, is the word there. It's, it's got to do with a mildness. Not an arrogance, but a very mildness because we know whose we are. Not we know who we are. We know whose we are. We are God's children. And we are, we're confident in this. And so we respond mildly. We're sensitive to others. Those, what I call VDPs, very draining people who irritate us. We tolerate them. You tolerate me, I tolerate you. Why? Because we've been called by God. And so our calling should have that character that matches it. To put others before ourselves, you see. To be mild with those we come into contact with. Because if you look at the life of Jesus and all those people that gave him a hard time, he acted mildly toward them. John chapter 2, he got vicious because they were, they were totally antagonistic to the things of God. And he needed to take action. But all those other rebels that went against him, he was mild against them. And that's the Jesus model that we need to follow. A third characteristic is to be patient. To be patient and, and um, have allowances for one another, as it were. To make allowances for one another. Um, why? Because God is on our side. God is on our side. And, and the word patient there is, is a, oh goodness, it's a terrible word. Why? Because it impacts who we really are. <laughs> 
It's the word macrothemia. Macro, big. Remember, remember long, remember big. Because you know what? When you look at the person in the mirror, we're not perfect. We're not perfect. It means long suffering. It means endurance. It, it means slowness in avenging. Macrothemia. So Paul is saying, be patient with one another. Not only at Christmas time, but every day of the week. And make allowances for one another. And the word allowances there, we need to be forbearing and, and put others first. We need to endure with one another. We need to put our, our shoulders under other people's armpits and carry them along the way because we don't know what they're going through. And Paul is saying to us, do this and do this well. Do this and do this well. Why? Because God is our source. God is the one that we gain our strength from. In verse 3 to verse 6, uh, he talks about that. He expands that there is one spirit, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father over all. Called to a glorious future, he says, as followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is the basis of the unity that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ. We've all been gifted, graced differently. And it's as we bring those graces, those gifts together, that we're able to operate as one. You see, in our church here, there are people from different backgrounds. Some people like rugby, others like soccer, others like footy. Some people uh, like butter, others like margarine. Some people like gardening, and so we're patient with those. No, we, <laughs> we are different, different nationalities, different backgrounds. And as we are like that, what keeps us together? The unity that's found in the Lord Jesus Christ. And can I say this? We do it well in our church. We do it really well in this church. And not because we have to bear with one another's burdens or tolerate one another, because the presence of the Holy Spirit, the presence of the Holy Spirit is here. And we're able to operate well and see uh, the different characters and personalities, and we're able to just enjoy one another together. And so, what is Paul saying? He's saying that God has called us as individuals, but also as a community. And as we live our lives and live that calling out, there's got to be character that goes with it. A character that is balanced through humility, through gentleness, through patience, and how we make allowances for one another because we're all on a journey together. And how are we able to do that? It's as we focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. As we focus on the Savior of the world, are we able to do this? And so, as I ask you the question that I ask myself, am I worthy of the call? Am I axios of the call? Am I able to stand in front of you and if somebody were to ask, is this person axios? Are they worthy? I hope we can all say worthy.
If you were to come and stand here, are we able to respond to you if a question is asked, worthy? And folk, it's only possible through the Lord Jesus Christ. Only possible through the Lord Jesus Christ. In that last slide, one of my favorite verses, Romans 8, 37. Paul writes and he says, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. And that word conqueror is the word Nike, where we get the English Nike, just do it, comes from that word there in Romans 8, 37. As we live our lives this festive season, but not only this festive season, may we go out into the world because we've been called, but may we live that character so, you know, that beam is balanced out. If you had one more coin and you were given that coin to make one more phone call in this world for help, one phone call, who would you phone? Who would you phone? But more importantly, how many phone calls would you and I get? Scary stuff. How many phone calls would I get if there was one more phone call to make on this earth? Would I get any? Because that would probably determine how worthy my calling has been. All things being equal in this context. May we be found worthy. Let's pray together. We hope you enjoyed this podcast brought to you from Mount Pleasant Baptist Church. Our prayer is that what was said today inspires you and strengthens you in your faith. If you would like to talk to someone about what you've heard today, you can contact the team during office hours on the number you can find on our website at mounties.org.au. Thanks for joining us. We look forward to having your company again soon. God bless.